Welcome to Culture Crossings, a podcast for globally mobile millennials with cross-cultural identities. This is our final episode for season one. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Asuka. This episode is part two of our conversations around global friendships. In our last episode, we invited our friends to talk about how to make new friends when you move to another country. In this episode, we continue our dialogue on how to stay in touch with them as we continue to migrate elsewhere as students and young professionals. Yeah, we wanted to ask uh, where your friends are located today and how do you keep in touch with them? Well, I really have to say my friends are all over the place, literally, um, because I made friends back in Uganda. And then I'm, when I moved to Vancouver, I met new friends there. And then um, so I guess from people that I got to know from those two countries, largely, they're in all sorts of places. Some of them are like in the U.S., or um, in Canada and um, other places in Europe. Some of them are in Nepal, in China, and it's just globally, pretty much everywhere. And how do I keep in touch with them? Well, I'm very much dependent on the internet, of course. So what we do is like do Skype calls or WhatsApp calls as well. Um, sometimes we communicate on Facebook chat. So I think that's pretty much like I try to use the social uh, media. I always access through my social media account and see like if, you know, we could always set up a new date for a quick call or just, you know, check up on each other. So it's not like on a very like regular basis. But once we do actually get like talking, it's a very, you know, spontaneous thing, I would say. It's not always like we don't have to move at a certain schedule. But um, yeah, it's very, very much casual. That's how I keep in touch with them. And over yeah, to you, I would say I have similar story, you know, in terms of having friends globally and using the internet as the main way. <laughs> so I think Facebook is definitely um, uh, where I just, you know, text them or get in touch with them and doing some calls. But I would have to admit that it's, it's very rare <laughs> in terms of connecting with old friends who are in different places. Of course, sometimes we talk um, if there is something and especially if I have a question or if they have a question, but in terms of keeping it going um, on a regular basis, um, I think that's very hard to do when you're so far apart. Maybe like you might want to check up with them once in a while, right? And then we start talking. But I think COVID has presented us with, you know, <laughs> an opportunity where we're just curious and we're just interested in knowing, you know, how people are doing, you know, the other part of the world. And so I've, you know, had the, the opportunity to reconnect with some old friends or instead of just texting or, or, you know, like talking maybe a little bit via Facebook or our other, you know, signal or WhatsApp, then we came up with like some ideas to play games together online and that has been a lot of fun of course another challenge with that is gathering people <laughs> when you know people have different schedules and you know uh coming up with a time that works for everyone has been difficult and um, so we've done that like a couple of times only but I think it was just you know a great way to set up something and and you know enjoy the time together in addition to talking and catching up. Yeah, seems like 
COVID time had some effects on how we connect or reconnect with friends. And I'm just curious to know, like, did that have a similar effect for everybody? And if there's anything you want to continue doing even after or as we cope with COVID? For me, it kind of shine a light on who's your real friend or who, you know, who you have a deeper connection with, because these are people where you think about and, and, and you want to reach out to more often and you're more comfortable talking about like a lot of things. And I think there is something in that that you realize like, oh, this is actually very precious and you want to you know, protect it almost. At least that's for me. Because I have um, mm-hmm. a couple of people who I talk more on a regular basis and talk about deeper things and, you know, sort of mental health issues or, you know, how things are going. I think at least in the initial, you know, month or two of COVID where everything just seems so bleak. And then from that, from that point, you know, now at least in Vancouver, things are opening up a bit more then I, you know, make more conscious effort to seek those company. And, and, you know, because it's also like, oh, I value you and I value our time together. But I mean, it doesn't mean that for other people that I don't talk to as much, it's not like our friendship isn't, you know, um, it's still, you know, at a certain level, right? And I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just interesting, because the situation kind of help you almost like see where's the or who you're most comfortable with and, and sharing more and, and, you know, seeking out um, when you have something to share. <laughs> yeah, what I'm hearing is that this pandemic kind of really emphasizes care, like the mutual care that we share with our friends. I think that became accentuated with this. And with that, I just wanted to kind of go back to the question on um, the fact that as you mentioned, Todd, before, some friendships over time may or may not change. And um, how do you think your migratory experiences shaped who you are and what you seek in friendships? Hmm. I'm very activity-based to some extent. So, and I've come to realize <laughs> that, you know, I, I typically try to I, I guess there's like two types of two big categories for me. So if we didn't like if for friends that I don't really connect through activities, but you know, they have all the other things like similar wavelengths, similar values, then then I kind of like be intentional in, okay, maybe we could do like a something that's, you know, good for us and we can talk about negotiating what's what's fun for both of us to do, like biking. For example, yesterday I went biking with with a good friend, Chica, you know, some of you already know. And and it was just a lot of fun, even though it was like more like mild and, and you know, cash, like a, kind of a chill ride. But I think I enjoyed that a lot. And then I also have like activity based friends where I'm like, let's go, you know, <laughs> do some crazier stuff or, you know, longer hikes or something like that. But then the connection that I have with those people is also very different. And it, for me, I just keep reflecting on that and, and how we need different types of friends to share different aspects of our lives. That is so true. It's almost like a diversity in why you eat. It's almost like diversity mm-hmm. in relationships. Yeah. And, and actually, this point yeah. connects to one of the YouTube 
um, video that I watch, Esther Pearl. She's like a relationship expert. I think she focuses more on romantic relationship and maybe workplace relationship. But I think it applies too because she talks about you know looking for one person, as in like your partner, to be a village for you to have like all the different qualities that you want. But actually, you can see that in different people. So it's kind of like you know I have mm-hmm. a village of friends. That I spend time with on different, you know, aspects that I want in life, and you know, all together they're, you know, very fulfilling, and I give back to them as well in terms of my company and whatever that I can <laughs> do. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a very, yeah, interesting point that you know I learned from a video. Migratory experience. I think um, the biggest thing, the biggest advantage of that for me, as I think, has been. The diverse, just so many opportunities for me to get to know people from all parts of the world. I know that not many people, you know, have that sort of privilege where they're able to move, bounce about to different countries, and go to different schools, and also, you know, be like connect with different cultures. That itself is is absolutely invaluable, and it's not not something that you can really understand unless you actually、um, experience it yourself. So I know that the internet, like you know, there's loads of stuff、um, out there on the internet where you get to have this indirect experience with different cultures, and I think that's a really important part. But like being in different countries and getting to know friends, you know, just even random people, strangers, they may be just getting to know them and and just talking with them and also getting a glimpse of their own like. You know, culture and their background stories. I think that really has had a huge impact on me personally, where it's helped me really open up to, like, you know, just the differences that we have. So、um, for me, yeah, I think that's the greatest thing that I learned from moving to different places. And、um, I really value people who also treasure that as well, and who are also seeking to, you know, like open up their perspectives and, you know, just. Getting to know more and trying to expand their knowledge. Yeah, I also, I also find that making friends with people who have kind of moved around quite a bit is a bit easier than someone who kind of stayed in one place for a long time. Just because you know you have that shared experience that you can kind of talk about, and and you know that you know moving to a new place is. There's certain challenges involved, and they're more understanding、mm-hmm. and kind of willing to help if you need it. Whereas, like you know, I've known some people who have stayed in one place their whole life, and I guess it's more challenging for me to connect as、mm-hmm. well, just because I guess like you know having that shared experience、mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and I think also because、yeah. you're exposed to different types of people as you travel, as you you know settle in a new place in a new environment.、Mm-hmm. And it just makes you maybe less set in your ways of <laughs>、mm, <laughs> you know, looking for certain things. And I think one thing that I want to add also is that the fact that you know I've met different kinds of people, and also people of different like socioeconomic background, and that's what I really value about you know being in in a place like Vancouver where it's possible to. To you know, hang out with someone who's like totally in a different like class or socioeconomic、right. class than you, and that's, I would say, it's harder in Thailand,、um, where I think the the wealth gap and you know the income gap and everything else is just so big that 
it's hard to find like common thing that we could do. And this is something that I, you know, try to be conscious of and also to be open and like, yeah, this is so great that I can hang out with someone who's like, I don't know, twice my age, <laughs> not twice my age, but, <laughs> yeah. but like much older than me or someone who, right. you know, in a different place than me. Um, and that's, that's mm-hmm. very valuable as well. I think I've realized that with the whole pandemic happening, it's like, I don't know if it's just about my friends, but what I realized is that when I'm actually conversing with them online, um, since I can't meet them in person, um, what I realized is that even with friends who were not as interested when it came to social issues, I've seen that they've become a lot more vocal when it comes to those. So I thought I found that to be really, really interesting. So because COVID-19 has really affected pretty much like literally everybody's day to day lives, I think that also had an impact on them. So we would end up, you know, talking about previously it would be more of like light conversation. And depending on what kind of like circle of friends you have, what groups you belong to, um, I think the subject, the whole the topic itself really varies. And um, so even with friends who weren't as interested, I've seen that um, they're very much interested in what's actually happening in Korea. And, you know, about some of the social issues that has been happening. And even like, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter, that's become a huge thing lately. So I think they've been asking a lot of questions about it, even like my friend in the States. Since I'm not in the States, I don't know exactly how serious the situation is other than what I actually see on the news. So I think it's been like we were able to talk about this topic at length. So that really shed a lot of light for me because I'm not in the country. And what I actually see on the news is also a little bit different from what she sees from her point of view. So I think um, it's really added diversity in the kind of things that we talk about. So I think that's been one of the great advantages of just uh, communicating, even like, even though it's online, I think it's another proof. It actually proves that it's not like a superficial thing and not just like a momentary, you know, temporary thing going on. So um, yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things that I realized. So I just wanted to kind of like point that out. Yeah, definitely. Like online communication, some of us may associate some things as superficial times to time, but then if used as a tool, you know, if you given that you already established that friendship, I think it can be a really neat tool to connect with everyone, especially when everyone's so, like yeah, I think that itself has also yeah. like really made the bond between me and like other friends. Um, it's like brought that to a new level. So yeah, that was, I think that was really cool. Yeah, I think we really went in depth for many of these questions. And I just want to um, thank you both for you know, joining from early morning from Vancouver and super late at night in Korea. So yeah, thank you to both of you again for joining us to this show. I hope our two episodes on these friendships has some food for thought for everyone to reflect on your friendships, particularly as someone constantly navigating across cultures and countries. Finally, we have two book recommendations. The first one is Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World by Vivek Murthy, who's a doctor, and this book was published this year in 2020. And it really explores the importance of human connections to protect ourselves from loneliness, which has many negative health effects. 
The second book is called Friendship, Devolution, Biology, and Extraordinary Power of Life's Fundamental Bond by Lydia Denworth, also published this year in 2020. And this book describes how friendships matter to your health and how people tend to prioritize other things in life when you get older and busy with all the other things in life. But she really stresses the importance of not waiting to invest more time in friends because it really needs time to grow. And thank you for those book recommendations, Asuka. And thank you for listening to Culture Crossing. As noted before, we will go into a brief production break to prepare for Season 2. In Season 2, we plan to have a series of interviews with globally mobile millennials in various industries to talk about what it means to work cross-culturally and cross-nationally. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you to improve our podcast. So please look out for the survey or contact us directly to share any feedback on our episodes for Season 1. To connect with us, visit our website at www.2020culturecrossings.wordpress.com or please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to Season 1. Until next time, please stay safe and well. Bye! Bye.